Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Put your bags down and pull up a seat. You are listening to Stay A While, the podcast with Tommy Vincent. We could talk loud, we could smile, keep it real, and it's all good, Wherever you are, pull up a seat to the table where we not only serve food for the soul, but provide you with the key ingredients to embracing your true, authentic self. Today, we're serving up a three-course meal of reflection, acceptance, and confidence. We talk about the journey, yet so often we live only with the destination in mind. This episode is a reminder to all of us that trials and experiences of the journey are always meant to shape us into who we are and purpose to become. We should not take them for granted. How do you open yourself up to learning the lessons of your experiences without the guilt? Today's guest, Mahogany L. Brown, joins us at the table to share what it took for her to find her voice and make sure that it was heard. Mahogany Brown, Mo, um, I actually had the opportunity to chef for the Black Girl Magic Ball. It was in New York City at Dumbo Law. And while I was in the prep kitchen getting the food prepared to take out to the tables, the program had started. And Mahogany was on the stage reciting a poem. I kid you not, I dropped 
the utensils I had in my hands and I thought, who in the world is that? What is that? It was so powerful. It felt like thunder going through my body. And I did not leave out of the kitchen to go see what was going on because I was there with a job and a function and I had to execute. So I stayed in the kitchen and then once it was finished, Mahogany came into the kitchen and I said, who was that? What was that? And it was her. And man, I tell you, when you encounter what I experienced in life, it changes you in a way. I already was walking in purpose and doing things on purpose, but I felt like Mahogany tapped into a, a place within herself that was on another level. Like you could just tell she knew who she was. She was unapologetic. She created this space for all of these amazing black women to come into and she was doing it. Like, and I was, I left out of there so hyped about who I was and what it was that I was determined to accomplish for the rest of the days of my life on this earth. I knew I wanted her to be on this podcast because she is phenomenal. Taking her seat at the table, Mahogany L. Brown. Mahogany L. Brown is a writer, organizer, and educator. Executive director of Bowery Poetry Club and artistic director of Urban Word NYC and poetry coordinator at St. Francis College. Mahogany has been the recipient of several fellowships. She is author of Woke, A Young Poet's Call to Justice, Woke Baby Girl and Black Girl Magic, Kissing Caskets and Dear Twitter. She is also the founder of Woke Baby Book Fair, a nationwide diversity literature campaign. And as an Artist for Justice grantee, Mahogany will be releasing her first young adult novel, Chlorine Sky. I have already ordered my book. <laughs> Listen, we can't be in this walk together. We can't be supporting each other and cheering each other on and not supporting one another. It can't be lip, lip service. It can't be a like. It can't be a tweet. It has to be putting action behind support. And so... Any and every time I have an opportunity to support you, I will do that because you supported me. So our guest today, Mahogany, she um, extended the opportunity for me to have an opportunity to chef at one of the events that she produces, Black Girl Magic Ball. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the experience of when I heard Mahogany ring heaven with her poetry. And for that, I will be forever grateful because she sowed a seed in my journey. And so whatever she does, I will be a supporter of hers. Welcome to the table, Mahogany. Thank you, Tommy. Woo, I got goosebumps. <laughs> so before we get into the interview questions, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you about okay. food. Please. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good at it. I watch your I watch your Instagram. I'm like, if I could just cook like Tommy. Okay, I can't, but I'm watch it and pretend I'm eating that too. Especially when you make your food for your love. I'm like, oh, lucky Eve. 
something. Yes, I got. I gotta take. I gotta take care of him because he takes care of me. It is a Amen. reciprocal situation. Mm-hmm. What food best describes your personality? Mm-hmm. Best describes mahogany, and why? Um. So it's a snack, really. It's sunflower seeds. <laughs> Because I know I have been in love with sunflower seeds since I was in third grade. And, you know, when when I'm in love with something, I just, I gorge it. I'm in love with books. I am a bibliophile. I'm in love with traveling. I'm wanderlusting. I'm in love with, you know, black girls. I love black girls. I wrote a poem for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just... I don't know how to, I don't know how to do medium. So sunflower seeds, the reason I chose it, while it is quite basic, um, (laughs) it is, it it, it makes me always feel like I'm tethered somewhere. I'm centered. I'm grounded. Um, Mm -hmm. And I used to play softball when I was learning how to play softball. That was, you know, the thing that I could have on me. Um, And there would be days where you just like, you know, work out for so long. And the sunflower seeds were a gift from like my family. So it reminds me of like just that little small little David's bag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I thought it was gourmet when they put nacho cheese on it, which is the nastiest thing now. <laughs> An adult, mm, but as a kid, I just remember feeling so loved and cared for that someone would remember that small little snack that I love, which was sunflower seeds. I know. I'm trash. <laughs> no, but you know what? If you know, Listen, I, 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 I take stuff and I just take it a little deeper, you know, but a sunflower seed, it, it's a seed and has the ability to germinate and has the ability to go in the dirt and the dirt doesn't destroy it. It actually breaks it open and brings it to life. So there's something so beautiful about a sunflower seed, just like mm. you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Who's the poet? Listen, you just said like three words. I was like, what? Wanderlust. What? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, name a recipe that is special to you. And why is that recipe special? Um, so I think it would be between gumbo, which my mother taught me, and um, turkey chili, which my grandmother taught me. And my grandmother was great at gumbo, but I was just too young to learn it. I just wanted to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so when I, I, what I could do was the turkey chili. I could go get the ground turkey. I could get the sausages. I would do all the cutting of the peppers and all that stuff and saute them and not make a mess. That was the first thing I learned how to make um, as a, like an adult. Uh, yeah, perfected as an adult. I learned how to make it early, but I perfected it as an adult. And my daughter loves it. So that became my thing. And then within the last three years, my mom taught me how to make gumbo. And it's like when she came to my house to cook it, like we had to go through the whole process of the gumbo filet and, you know, all the little (laughs) bitty spices that you really would think are not that deep. I'm like, we don't have that in Brooklyn. We don't got gumbo filet, mama. We don't got it. Like the roux, all that stuff is so important. And um, my my uh, my grandmother, my father's side, she's from Louisiana, so gumbo was a constant in my family. And it just when she made it in my house, and I went through every step three years ago. 
I took a nap after everything was like simmering and I woke up and it's, I thought I was transported back home. I thought I was transported (laughs) back to California. You know, I thought I was transported back to my grandmother's couch and I realized, oh, this is, this is truly the love of my life. Like gumbo is (laughs) it. Yeah. I will, that is it. The gumbo is it. And, and I don't put okra in it. I'm not certain if that's like diabolical or not, but (laughs) I don't want it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do love it though. I do. And it's like two days. You're going to be working on that thing, but yeah. Oh, that's, it's so good. I'm I'm getting hungry thinking about it. Absolutely. Listen, food is, um, it has the power to transform atmospheres. Mm-hmm. That's why I love it so much. Um, and that's why I use it to love pe- on people. That is, I call it a love language that I'm fluent in. Mm-hmm. And if I get an opportunity to get you at my table, even if it's just for that period of time, I know I can make it all better for you. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I recognize the importance of legacy inspired cooking, you yes. know, the, even from the Turkey chili to the gumbo, even though you learned from your mom, it's still tethered to your grandmother. That's right. So there's history there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as long as you have that recipe and you continue to move that recipe forward, your lineage that may not have had the opportunity to connect with your grandmother, they will learn of her, they will know of her, and they will get to feel her love yes. by that recipe. Mm-hmm. That's what gumbo does. That keeps on giving. That, that's what it does. I mean, even when you put it in the freezer, I take it out and I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> So, someone remembered me, you know what I mean? Someone survived so that I could taste this goodness. So mm-hmm. I'm going to relish in it. There's there's going to be nothing left. Um, I'm not really good at sharing gumbo, though. I'm going to have to work on that. <laughs> you just got to make a bigger pot. That's all. <laughs> I think I eat it all. Wrong. That's all. I want everything. All, it, all mine. <laughs> so I don't know if gumbo serves as... as as this for you, but is, was there ever a moment in time where food was healing for you? Mm. Yeah, I think any, any meal that's cooked by my family, right? Mm. Like my mom, um, cooking for me, um, my partner cooking for me, my daughter learning how to cook, like any, anytime someone puts, you know, hand, and, and, and cutlery and cutting board and saucing. I'm always a fan. I'm like so, so grateful because I'm not certain that, um, that that's not a tradition that's necessarily passed on mm-hmm. these days. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, we're very grub hub, seamless, order your food. You rarely get to see what goes into it. You don't, you don't know what, you know, we don't know all the preservatives and stuff. And once I started like going to the farmer's market near my house and really investing in, in good cuts of, of meat when I was doing the turkey chili. I went on this vegetarian vegetarian kick for a while and then went pes- went back to pescatarian. Um, but like those things mattered, like the food mm-hmm. mattered, touching it mattered, knowing who picked it mattered. And um, even now, like I'm farm to table you know, ordering from like farmers and getting it delivered because the food just tastes different. It just Mm -hmm. tastes different. And when I feel good after I eat the food, then I know it's done right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not take it for granted. I I don't. Mm -hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game Presents. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, so we done got through the food, and let's get into the meat of our conversation and our theme today. We are going to be discussing finding your voice, the journey of appreciating who you are, and I'm going to add just a little hyphen to that and how you're created. So the journey of appreciating who you are and how you are created. The first question I have for you, at what age did you recognize that you were a writer? Fourth grade, straight up, already knew. I was in um, my English class with Mrs. Meeks and we had an assignment to create a book. And that book was made out of two slaps of cardboard, some like textile. It was, you know, you make your book. But yeah. then people were like, once they made their book, they gave up. And I was like, but the story inside is important. <laughs> <laughs> so I invested a lot of time into telling this story. And that was it. I was hooked. Fourth grade. I knew I was going to be a writer. And by like seventh grade... Yeah, seventh grade. I um, uh, <laughs> uh, well, so I was playing. You remember that game, Life? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Because you can have school. twins. Yeah, you, you can have look it twins up, in life. <laughs> life, you like twisted, and then it tells you what your job is going to be. You don't get to choose your job. Your job is chosen for you, right? Um, that's real tradition. And I was, um, I said, I want to be a, uh, I wanted to be a writer. And they said, like, I think the writers made 25K a year. And I was like, oh, is that a lot? And I asked my mom, she said, no, not really. And I'm like, hmm, well, I need another job. <laughs> so then I said, I'm going to be a, a doctor Monday through Friday. Mm. And then I was going to be a novelist on the weekend. So that way I could keep both of my loves, right? <laughs> doctor, I love kids. I didn't, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a pediatrician. This is going to be easy. I was babysitting. They scraped their knee. I got you. I'm not scared of blood until I fell and like cut arm, cut my arm open um, and I saw real blood. It wasn't like a skinned knee. It was like a cut, cut. I saw Down the, to the fat meat. and oh my goodness. I, that was it for me. I said, oh, I can't do this job. I was passing out, waking up and passing out again. I you said, saw that white meat. I'm going to have to write a lot of books because I can't do it, mama. <laughs> Who knew uh, it would stick? Who knew it would stick? Um, by the time I turned 21, I knew I still wanted to be a writer. Um, I just didn't know by what means. I started um, writing in magazines. I uh, got an internship for journalism, came to New York at the age of 22. And, and that was all she wrote. I came to New York as a hip hop journalist and I stayed as um, an entertainment writer. And then that moved into poetry, um, which I had dabbled in before, but I didn't see anyone making a living off of it. And so really that first five years was me figuring out how do I create poems and how do the poems pay for, you know, me and my daughter. Mm -hmm. So in the, in the process, in that journey, were there any people who walked alongside of you to assist you in cultivating that gift of writing? No, that's what's funny is I didn't receive. Okay, so the assistance I received from my family was I'm not going to judge you in your face, right? I'm going to I'm going to tell you, I think this is dumb. They, they, they were super honest. What do poets do? No one does that. Like, what? Stop it. And of course, because people would pay journalists at that point, I um, transitioned from a full time, you know, um, masthead writer to being a freelance writer and that means they pay you when they feel like it right there's no salary you are you know you're an independent contractor mm -hmm. um so i'm doing the writing on the side for the journalism and i'm doing these poems and the poems aren't paying anything yet because really i'm i'm building up my repertoire i'm performing wherever i can and so i had plenty of days where i had uh people knocking on that door for that that rent for those lights <laughs> yeah. and I was like I have a check coming and that that only flew so long right so um who helped me I think like my sister helped me a lot my grandmother helped me a lot both my grandmothers um but my writing crew who I was writing with as a journalist those were the ones even though they didn't get poetry they didn't like poetry they were like this is a weird concept are you going to do that article? I need 300 words tomorrow. Like they were like, you know, about that business. But I was like, I, I really love this thing. And there was like one person, um, two, two, Daytuan Thomas and uh, Black Spot, who were like, no, it's good. It's really, it, you can't make no money, but it's good, right? Like, can you turn your assignment in? <laughs> 
So then I started trying to figure out how to freak it, right? How do I put the poetry into the articles? And I got away with a little bit for a while um, to be writing in a, a space where uh, there are very few women writers at that time. Um, Honey was just becoming. So me writing at that point, trying to like slip in the poetry, like, you know, this figurative language, I would get called in and my editor was like, all this, this can't happen. Like no one says cascading in a hip hop like article. And I'm like, but things cascade, you know what I'm saying? He's like, Mm-mm, no, stop it. So I had to figure out how to let that part of me live and breathe. Um, and I then found the performance poetry scene in New York City. I ended up quitting completely the freelance journalism because that came with a lot of politics in itself. Um, the hip, you know, I'm a, a hip hop head. I'm, I'm from that world. It taught me um, not just how to write, but how to think, how to be, how to be seen, um, how to make sure you're seen even when they try to tell you something else about yourself, right? Um, mm. Hip hop was very informative. Um, for me, finding finding not just my voice, but standing up for what I believed in, despite what was the trend, um, and so that's what brought me that that same that 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 same idea, that stream of consciousness, took me through to the performance poetry world, which is still very much informed by my my hip hop journalism. I write on Deadline. There's a sonic audio thing that you'll hear that I definitely understand responds to you know the vibration of um the hip-hop generation mm-hmm. yeah and i and I, I i would venture to today to say that today what was an obstacle back then you know you introducing those words like cascade and bringing them into your writing that today there will be a greater level of appreciation for it because you are speaking to a certain type of person. To your point, you learned how to finesse it and freak it to make it so that it still hits the right note in someone's ear when they read it. Right. So they just were not up with the times, Mahogany. Yeah, you were just light years <laughs> ahead of where they were. So it was a blessing that you were able to make your way because you just had bigger and better things to do. That's Amen. the way I look Thank at you. it. <laughs> That's my blurb. That's going on the next book. Boop. We recording it. <laughs> In that process, were you ever discouraged from being mahogany you know you're and and you talked about that some just about you know you were trying to interject the poetry piece into your writing when you were doing the writing for hip-hop but even as you moved towards your poetry was there any points in that where you could feel people trying to get mahogany to change mahogany to work towards fitting in with a certain type of audience. Oh yeah. I definitely remember um, a, a colleague saying, um, you know, when we go in there, you can't be all like loud. <laughs> and I was like, it's a club. We go to clubs to listen to the new song so that we can then write about it. If it hits me, if the energy hits me, then it is my obligation, right? As a hip hop lover to respond, not just with head nods, but you know, I'm also like someone who loves to dance. So I wouldn't be there like posting and posing like most of them. They were just like, well, that's very nice. So that's, you know, I was like, this is my job. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm doing the house party shit. 
by myself. I was like, it doesn't matter. This is, this is the life. Here we are, young, black, alive, and free right now in this time. And we get to dictate what the sound of tomorrow is. Of mm -hmm. course I'm alive. Of course I'm hype. And when he said, you're too loud, you know, you got to calm down. I thought, oh, I'm not going to make it here. <laughs> I will not make it. If, if that is, if that is not the essence of how to kill a young black artist. That is it. Like that was the moment I had to like come to terms with who do you want to be? Who are you writing for? And what are you willing to give up to mm -hmm. get to the next stage? And I was willing to give up these, you know, seemingly, you know, the people who I looked up to, my colleagues, I was willing to give up their approval and I was willing to give up being invited to the next, you know, thing. Um, but what ended up happening, because again, that thing that you say about staying true to yourself, uh, I think I didn't go to like the next thing. I was just like disheveled. I was done. I was like, disenchanted over it. This is not where I wanted. I have to figure something else out. I'm not going. And the people who produced the event were like, where's Mahogany? And mm. so I got a text like, yo, they're asking for you. And I was like, oh, won't he do it? Like, look at that. <laughs> no boring slugs over there. <laughs> um, maybe next time I'll make it, you know? But that was like, that was like a, a nice little, you know, that little pat that you need to just to remind you to stay on your path and yeah. to not uh, forget your own, your own self in that journey. Mm -hmm. Where did you get the courage from? to reject rejecting you mm. listen i don't know i feel like that's an everyday battle uh my mm. new um ya novel that's coming out is all about finding yourself coming of age girl black girl and finding yourself in the midst of a fractured friendship right mm. so many of us even adults we define who we are by who we're attached to Mm -hmm. By who, you know, who is in our proximity? What have we accomplished over what do we believe in? Um, and I just, it's an everyday battle. Like it doesn't stop. Like every day I wake up aware that I have to undo the, 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 the travesty um, that was taught to me that as a woman, as a black woman, I should be ready to bend until broken for someone else's ideas. Um, and, and that goes, you know, that's, that goes to our politics, that goes to our government. Uh, you look at the policies, why, why am I arguing with you about, you know, the rights of my body? Like that's mm -hmm. bananas, but it, all of it plays into that, that structure, right? And I don't wanna just be like patriarchy, which is a lie, but like, that's just a beautiful way of talking about, you know, supremacy. And mm -hmm. anybody that thinks that they have ownership of a person even these corporations, they should get dealt with. So who says I should not wear a red lipstick as a black girl? I was told that. Mm -hmm. I was told I was too dark skinned to wear red lipstick, which is also why I love your chef team because everybody had on that ruby woo honey and was popping. <laughs> Super cute. I loved it. Come through but red lip. That's red lip perk. But I, I thought I wasn't allowed to because I was told dark skinned girls don't wear their, you know, wear red lipstick. It doesn't look good on you. Um, I was just listening to other people's, you know, ideas of who I was. And 
man, it's every day. I, every day yeah. I get up and I, I, I trudge forward, even with those things gnawing in the back of your head. You know, you, you don't unhear them. You just have to like start burying them and putting them to rest and know that the ghosts will come and haunt you, but you can go ahead, jingle them keys and get them up away from you because mm-hmm. this is your time. This is, you get to choose your path. And me loving myself is the only way. Anything mm-hmm. that isn't supporting me loving myself is in the way. And, and that's real. Um, I just think about myself when I was younger and I've always been an extremely um, very direct communicator. Um, I'm also, I can be loud, you know, all of the things that as an adult people would not say serve you well when you're, you know, venturing out and you're growing and developing into your career. And so oftentimes young women, specifically young black women, they're actually taught at a very early age to harness who they are. Yes. To tuck away who they are. And they get so in the habit of doing that, that they forget who they are. Mm. And I have two daughters myself and I have a daughter in love and I got some uh, granddaughters and I make it my business to ensure that every piece of who they are has the opportunity to show up. Yes. I may not be in agreement with their delivery. Now we, there is no disrespect. I don't tolerate that. Um, But I make sure that they understand. I need you to be able to advocate for yourself I need for you to be able to speak in regards to yourself in a way where you are never, ever diminished and the quality and the essence of who you are is left out of the room. And so when you talk about that and you're talking about, you know, how you've reached this place, that wasn't something that you've, you've, you haven't always been that way. So it was a process and it was a journey how did mahogany get to the place where she understood listen i got to be me because if i don't i will die yeah yeah um if i'm honest we have so many examples right my grandmothers um both amazing women um and, and you know what you think about black matriarchs. Like you have this whole Medea skit. And for some people, that's just your mom. You know, that's your mama, that's your grandma. That's that's a real person that somebody's stereotyping. Um, my grandmother, she does not, she didn't suffer. She didn't suffer no fools. Neither of them did. One is past, one is still here. Um, so when I think of like how I walk into a room, I think of my paternal grandma, Elsie Jean. She could have on a little like, little handkerchief because she cleans you know she's from louisiana so she got to keep her hair kept you know (laughs) away from the dust while she's cleaning but and she can have like a holy shirt like maybe got some clorox on it but like her clothes are clean and she's Mm -hmm. looking at you like the queen of like zamunda honey who are you looking at this way i never and i thought if your clothes aren't perfect if you're not this if you're not Mm -hmm. a certain skin tone you know people don't see you and my grandmother defied all of those ticks, all those check marks. She defied all them boxes. 
she could walk in the room and just come from cleaning and still be like grandiose. I mean, she walked with her head up, chin up always, and she wouldn't let me, because at one point I think I grew taller than the boys, and so I would start doing She was like, mm-mm, up, always up. So when I think of who I became, it's so many women. My paternal grandma, Elsie Jean, I, I have her stature. I have her sense of self. Even if I don't always believe it, I portray, I'm fine. I will get to the next step. I will get to the next step. It'll be fine. You know, um, my, my maternal grandma, Cora Craig, Cora Maxine, uh, she was the most brilliant woman ever real estate mogul, right? This black woman married um, her love who my grandfather fell to addiction for many years. And she at one point just said, I'm not going to let you drag me down. I love you, but you got to get out of my house. And until he got clean, they, she got a divorce. They were not together. She was about her business. I'm raising my two kids. I'm going to work for the state. She, uh, she was an accountant and I like an auditor. And I'm going to buy these land, this land so we have something for our kids. And I hope you get it together because you're welcome to come. And the, he just kept on with the, the foolishness. So she, you know, slowly but surely she said, okay, so we're friends. And that's it. Here's the divorce papers. You get to see, like, she was a boss. When I think about just, like, her assertiveness, this is this is this, I have that, right? Um, and both very strong personalities. When I think of my mother, that is what gave me poetry. She was so passionate about cooking, but she didn't have the chutzpah to go for it. She was like, I have to do, yeah, I've worked for the state because my mother worked for the state. So she was still in that cycle of do as you're told, even if you don't feel good, right? Um, and I remember, I remember seeing her make salsa by hand, picking the peppers, cut like, I remember her, she cooks beautifully and went to culinary school, but that was on the back end of like losing her job, nearly losing her mind, losing her husband's. Like she went through a whole bunch of stuff to find the thing that I remember her loving, which was food, which was cooking. And so I thought I will never do that. I, so I followed my mother's mistakes, which is I won't. You know what I mean? I'm going to do poems. I love writing and I'm going to figure out a way to make it make sense because I can see what happens to a soul when you don't do what you're put on this earth to do. You like you, you're hardened. You harden on yourself. You don't. You don't believe in things the same. It just it hurts. So those those women definitely color me up. And then of course like Claire Huxtable and you know you have these like sassy things, you know these these women that you never see on TV. Claire wasn't in my house, you know, um, but to see her maneuver. New York City. I didn't realize it until I moved to New York City. I was like, oh, when I order my food in Spanish and I said, pan con mantequilla, and they were like, oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, Claire Huxtable. <laughs> like, I remember her like just talking in Spanish and doing her thing and raising her kids and being beautiful and black and glorious and woman. And all of those things began to like surface as what made me me. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, twenty four. See participating retailer for details. See, I've walked in your your mother's shoes, and you know today I am a private chef, and that is fruit of my healing, mm. the the chef piece of who I am. But I had to recognize that it's not who I am. There's so many gifts and treasures that are within me. But before I was able to become that private chef, there was a process and a healing that had to take place. For me, all of the women in my family and and a lot of the men, actually, they just threw down in the kitchen. So I never recognized it as a gift. Mm. You know, it was just something... It was just something we did. And when Not just I, a gift, an heirloom. Yeah, yes. See, mm-hmm. there you go with them words. There you go with them words. <laughs> you said it's been happening. I'm like, oh, that's the heirloom. Of course. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, had, I went through a bout of depression. In my marriage, I was... So by this time, we're about uh, 20... We're at 27 years now in marriage. So it was like 20, just over 20... Um, plus years, I was 38. And when I was in this place of depression, I, it, was a, it was a hole that I just didn't know how to get out of. And as I went through therapy and, and went through the things I needed to resurrect myself, one of the things that kept coming up for me was the power of food and what it did for people when they had the opportunity to mm-hmm. break bread it didn't matter what was happening in her life. It didn't matter what was going on. If, if we could get to that table, there was going to be something that would manifest that would make it all better, even mm-hmm. in just that moment. Mm-hmm. 
And so for me, I went back there. I hadn't completed my degree. I got married when I was 19. So I was like, okay, now is the time. I am going to sow and invest and cultivate Tommy Vincent. And so what can I do that's meaningful and purposeful for me and who I am and how God created me? So I went to culinary art school. I finished my degree and I found a way to come back to myself. I snatched my life back. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about your mom, I know how that feels when you are just really, you get lost in life. Life starts doing you versus you doing life. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to come into this space where I'm alive, once you get there, once you recognize where you've been and where you are now, you will never go back. So I just, you know, I I can see your mom Mm. and I can appreciate who she is as a woman. And and Mm. I just understand that journey all too well. Yeah. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that she's since beaten the addiction. I think she went through, it came out when I was 15 till when I was about 26, 27. Mm -hmm. And she's been clean since. And we were able to reestablish our relationship because like there was, you know, there was a fracture for me. Um, I had been there watching the woman that I looked up to, you know, my mom was my Claire Huxtable, right? So I was looking at her like, she's so cool. Look how she dresses. Look at what she cooks. She doesn't even like, she was just amazing to me. But in hindsight, I can look back and be like, oh, that's right. She was cooking on the weekends and she was very tired and she hated her job and she survived several abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. And, And I could see that. I could see the tremors of those relationships and even how they imprinted on me. Um, uh, Knock on wood, I've never had to endure something so tumultuous uh, like what my mother survived. I have never, ever had to survive that. But what it did put in me was this like, this anger (laughs) and this preparedness to like knuck if you buck at all times. Like, look, what's good? Like, cause you're not going (laughs) to... You know what I mean? And my mom was just, at one point, she just said, why are you so mad? And I was like, I'm mad for you. You know what I mean? I'm mad for you. I'm going to beat everybody up until further notice. <laughs> so um, to see her now, um, she's she's good. She is uh, uh, saved and we share church sermons and I went to see her during this COVID break. I had to go do my quarantine and then go see her because it was just, it was going on for a long time and I could see it affecting her being alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I was like, I'll just come and sit. I don't have nothing to do. And you know, you're going to have to cook, right? Like, cause that's, (laughs) (laughs) and just being with her just keeping, keeping a friendship with my mother um, and learning from her. Even now I've learned so much from her and I'm still learning, learning from her. So I'm really, really grateful. I'm grateful for her, her resilience and yours. It's women like y'all that give, give us a reminder. You know, you just need that, like, you need that little boost to remind you that somebody is working as hard as you are for just a little bit of light. So from here on out, it's my job to break open the entire roof for all of us. 
And if that means that poem hit, if that means you cooked that food, like the way we even came together, shout out to Bobby. The way we even came together was like through another sister friend, right? Yeah. Who is a beacon. She's like so, it's it's not even real. When I think about it, I'm like, you're not real, man. Like this is, you understand like you are a unicorn. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah women supporting special. women, being beautiful, not finding like any angst. Or, or negative energy and just supporting each other. Like I had not seen that. I was so used to growing up with men um, and, and male counterparts and colleagues. There were, you know, very few women that were allowed in certain spaces. So sometimes that energy could be, you know, really tense. And I just, I didn't understand it. I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, everybody my sister, right? And then you find yeah. out, no, no, you, you, you could be alone, babe. It could yeah. just be you. Uh, so I'm always so, so, so um, appreciative of that kind of energy uh, of the women like y'all. Thank you, and I, I appreciate that. Um, just two more questions. Okay. Um, I won't be long-winded this time, sorry. <laughs> No, listen, I appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners, listeners appreciate it because there are great takeaways um, that they can utilize in propelling themselves forward. Mm. If you could share, um, before we started recording, we talked about how you came into poetry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are so many women who are, they know they have this thing inside of them. They may not have identified it as a gift, like for me or the heirloom for me, where I just was just doing what I did, but not recognizing that if I just put some intention behind it, that it had the power to bring life and to rip the roof off, like you said, bring it into that light. Mm -hmm. The how of how you landed into mahogany, the um, superlative minor of words. How did you get to this place where you recognize poetry was your thing? Honestly, remember I talked about unlearning every day. Like I have to, I have to put the ghost away because every day I wake up thinking, I know I've done the work. I know I have mentored for a decade plus, right? I have grown other people i have sold fields that aren't mine um just to assure that the landscape that we're sharing um is fruitful right and i've been the only one planting at some times while everyone else is excited to harvest and i had to take those lumps because i understood that it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a um it wasn't in a vacuum like this moment can't be in a vacuum it will exist outside of this Instant gratification. I can't look for instant gratification. It will happen. It, the tremor will hit, you know, the butterfly effect will hit something else. Some kid going to hear, they're going to write a book, they're going to shout me out and, you know, God is good. It's going to be great. But <laughs> every day I wake up like, oh man, I have to make sure I'm on. I have to make sure I do that thing. And I sometimes, I'm, you know, I think like anyone, you kind of talk yourself out of your knowing. Yeah. I know what I'm worth. I know why I'm here. But sometimes if, if, if the 
if it's not reciprocal in, in, in my energy field, I get to feeling like it's something I did wrong. You know, that abandoned child syndrome comes in and you're like, I find myself like really reacting to trauma from 30 years ago. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm reacting as if I, somebody just promised me sunflower seeds and didn't show up, <laughs> which yeah. did happen with my father, right? My father, again, mass incarceration, a uh, victim for over 25 years of my life. And that was something that I remember being like, I'm going to go get you some, he said, I'm going to go get you some sunflower seeds and orange soda. And then I didn't see him for another 10 years. And I stopped drinking orange soda. I didn't give up on the sunflowers. <laughs> but I'm always responding like that young kid, that seven-year-old, that 14-year-old, that, you know, I'm waiting for people to approve of me in the way in which I find, I'm like, I'm giving you all I got. I just want an acknowledgement. I just want to, I see you, sis. And unfortunately, we're in a time where folks believe that compliments are, I don't know, are lame, or they make them too weak, they make them vulnerable, they make them fans. And I'm thinking, I want to be a fan. I'm a fan of so many people. I'm hyped to be like, thank you for your Mm -hmm. art. Thank you for being here. Thank you for surviving. I am thankful for you. I am grateful for the space. Um, I, I pay homage to people who have only given a book to me. You know, like, thank you, that, that pass it. Like, I'm just so grateful to be remembered um, and gifted that I'm always making sure I put that out. So when it doesn't happen necessarily in return, when it isn't reciprocated from these spaces that I feel like I'm most invested in, I really feel yeah. like it's my fault. Right. And I feel like I must be doing something wrong. I did it wrong. It's me. And I internalize their inability to see my trueness. And in their inability to see me, I have to come back around, which takes probably a day, maybe two. It takes time, maybe some wine. I don't know. But (laughs) and I remember who the hell I am. Like, nah, I survived so much. If you can't see it, you are in the way. You're not supposed to be here. You are taking up space. And as soon as I started being okay with losing the idea of friends or the idea of colleagues or the idea, whatever that, you know, that thing that you like, I want to belong. When I got over that, man, like my wingspan was crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew I'm going to be okay. And it, 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 it's a role. It's an ebb and flow. Depression doesn't yeah. just go away forever, right? Uh, I wish you could. I wish we could just plant sunflowers in our hearts and go ahead and germinate that because I would like to be done with this mess. I'm really tired. I'm, I'm like 44 and I'm still having like memories of being 14. I'm like, this is over. I, why do I keep going back to that? I don't want it anymore. But I know I have to have it. I know I have to experience it so that I can verbalize it for those who are going through it now. Mm-hmm. Um, to see people having conversations about colorism still blows my mind. Blows my mind. What do you mean she's pretty for a dark girl? What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. What? How are we still using this language, right? So I know that there's a means to an end. And I know <laughs> that I'll, I'll make it to the end uh, Vigilant, resilient, and still a champion of all Black girls. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. I um, I personally, when I look back over my life, I'm not looking back to actually go back. I'm looking back because I'm so grateful, mm. so grateful for where I am today. And I've learned to take my life experiences and use them as fuel for my rocket. Yeah. When I said that, you know, when you come out of that place and you refuse to go back there and you are determined to live, you just reach a place where it doesn't matter if you don't see me. Because first off, the one who created me does. Mm -hmm. You may not know my name, but he knows my name. Mm -hmm. And he put me in this space and time for a purpose. So I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to be on purpose. And everything I do is going to affect the lives of others and have purpose in their life as well. And so being able to embrace every aspect of me, though it all did not feel good, it didn't always you know, look good. It all is working for my good. Yeah. And so just appreciating life and everything that it tried to toss at me, I'm still here. It didn't take me out. Mm. And I have the power to do any and everything that I choose to do. I'm grateful for, for I'm grateful for all of it. You know, mm. I, I truly am. I truly am grateful. I'm here for this testimony now. <laughs> I'm about to pass the plate. Okay, <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self about being comfortable in your own skin and just rejecting the expectation that anyone would try to put on you mm-hmm. about who you should be? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's going around now is the, that statement, you are worthy you deserve, right? And I think we say it, but we don't really believe it. I think we say it as mantra, but we have yet to to believe it um, as holy text. We are holy text, all of us. How we walk on this earth is enough. Taking up space is okay. I don't have to play small. So that was that. that's the one thing that I would give to that little girl. Um, don't play small. Don't play small. You get to take up space. Yes. Well, listen, um, you gave plenty of food for the soul today. You gave us plenty to eat on, and um, I'm truly grateful. Is there anything that you would like to share um, that you haven't had an opportunity to share with the listeners? Um, Please feel free to share it right now. I did forget to say that one of my most favorite foods is your black eyed peas. Um, so you made that thing and, and them cakes, them little cakes, never the same, never the same. Yeah, that's it guys. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> can, can COVID be over? I really need to invest in a trip to Tommy's. Vincent country. Okay. I need the whole shebang. (laughs) Thank you so much for this. This really uh, reinvigorated and revitalized me despite the travel. This is everything. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. How can people stay in touch with you if they want to follow along on your journey and also um, not just follow along, but literally support the work that you're doing. 
Mm -hmm. Mo Brown everywhere, M-O-B-R-O-W-N-E. My um, new website, Mahogany L. Brown with an E, is on that page. So you can see how to buy the book, how to pre-order it. We're rolling out an amazing event for my book release. I'm very excited. And all I will say is it is a friendship summit, okay? And we're going to put together a one-day symposium on how to be a better friend. Like, what do you need when you show up for friendships? How do you create friendships that are, are, are long-lasting? And how do you check the ego at the door? Because I think those are some of the things, when we think about women relationships, Mm -hmm. friendships. Those are some of the things that I think keep coming up. And this book, uh, The YA Novel Chlorine Sky, is just the beginning of that discussion. So not only is it for teens, but it really is for, you know, adults too. Mm -hmm. We got to relearn how to love each other and ourselves. Agreed. 100%. Looking forward to that. But thank you so much for taking your seat at the table today, Mahogany. We've enjoyed you. you. It was amazing. Thank you. Special thanks to my guest, Mahogany L. Brown. Her latest book, Chlorine Sky, is available on Amazon and everywhere you find books. To learn more about Mahogany, visit her website, mobrown.com. That's M-O-B-R-O-W-N-E dot com. You can also follow her on Instagram or Twitter at mobrown and on Facebook at Mahogany L. Brown. Don't be shy, y'all. Let me know what you think. Apple listeners, don't forget to rate and review. It means a lot. You can also talk to me directly on Instagram at Chef Tommy V, and that's Tommy with an I. Don't wait until the next episode. Connect with me anytime. You will always have a seat with your name on it at my table. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.